It takes more than great code to be a great engineer. This is episode 75 of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. I'm your host, Dave Smith. Soft Skills Engineering is a podcast where we answer all of your non-technical questions about the technical field of software development. Uh, so it's for software developers, and as is tradition, I have to look at my desk and pick a thing and say it's also for that thing. Uh, What's it clutter? Be? It's for clutter. Also, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of clutter on my that, desk. That's a metaphor for <laughs> life as a software developer. I guess, yeah. If for for me, anyways, I'm probably revealing too much of myself now. How dare you? How dare you reveal that there's clutter on your desk? <laughs> yeah, so I've ruined personal. the image people have of Jameson, the human Roomba. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Roomba is my favorite cleaning strategy, though. I just do a random walk through the house and just, like, pick up stuff in my path. Until you feel satisfied? Yeah, yeah. Or until I run over poop and then I smear it all over the place. <laughs> 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 Someday I'll learn. <laughs> Stupid Roomba. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew I should have picked a better role model. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. Uh, Should we get into the questions? Let's do it. Do you want to read the first question? Yeah, sure. This comes from a listener named Carl. Carl says, what are some good ways for people that aren't great at self-promotion to get visibility into what they do? Thanks, Carl. Uh, Google ads. Google. <laughs> Try bidding on keywords like <laughs> Carl is the best. <laughs> you could, and then when people search for that. <laughs> what if, oh, take your like Jira ticket numbers and buy ads on those. Ah, uh, yeah. When your coworkers accidentally paste ticket numbers into their search bar, you'll be the first result. It's foolproof. <laughs> it's probably pretty cheap to bid on a random sequence yeah. of letters and numbers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the CPM on that's got to be super low. I bet you could afford it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, no one said it would be cheap. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> that it would be worth it. That's right. <laughs> oh my um, yeah, okay. So that might work. Yeah, oh, I mean, it, it's a surefire solution. I mean, newsletters are big for self-promotion now. Yeah. <laughs> Set up your own internal... <laughs> internal newsletter. Uh, what's a word that starts with a C? Carl's Credo. I don't know. You need some alliteration for <laughs> the title Chronicle. of your newsletter. Yeah, the Carl, Chronicle yeah, the of Chronicles Carl. Of, yeah, the Chronicles of Carl. And it's just like a weekly report of stuff you did at the company. And Yep. I don't know. And you have to supplement it, that with a YouTube channel. And yep. uh, don't worry that you only get three views per video because it was you refreshing the page three times. <laughs> <laughs> you have to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think actually you start with the fancy, way overproduced video intro that's got <laughs> that's like... Right. <laughs> it's like guns shooting the letters into place into like a metal sheet like stamping the letters out it takes like 45 seconds to get through the intro yeah yeah, yeah. yep oh man have you, you ever like I've, comment subscribe i know this is a little off topic but like the worst is when off I go to topic YouTube. what are you doing dave <laughs> You know, you'll ruin you... our show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you go to search for a tutorial and it's like a 40 second video, you're like, oh, great, this is just what I need. But mm -hmm. like 35 seconds of it are some totally flagrant introduction <laughs> sequence. And it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> um, so 
stick with Carl's Chronicles or the Chronicles of Carl in newsletter form. <laughs> Question answered. <laughs> yeah. You'll need to get really good at HTML emails, uh, which is a different <laughs> skill from HTML because you use a lot of yes. tables. You use HTML from 1997. Yeah. <laughs> it's vintage HTML. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, okay, so getting serious, we answered a similar question on this show before in episode number 26. So I should have listened to that because we're about to say stuff, and I wonder if the things I will say will contradict the things that I said back then. You know, I hope so, because that would suggest that you have learned. Yeah, that's one of the things it would suggest. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, my uh fr- from from knowing you Dave, I feel like you are a good self-promoter. Can you talk about what makes you a good self-promoter? So it starts by having a hugely inflated view of yourself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's something I'm born with. I just okay. think I just think I'm really great. Yeah. And I also like to tell people stuff. So that's that's like half tongue in cheek, but half not. I mean, <laughs> you 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 like yourself, and you think good things about yourself. I that's I actually great. have, um, yeah. This is going to sound awful to anyone who has uh, self image issues, which is, as far as I can tell, everyone. Everyone besides you, Bes- yeah. <laughs> besides me, um, I actually do think positive things about myself, um, and I I think I only became aware of this about within about the last year uh, i just thought i don't know i didn't really think anything about it it's like the water i swim in you know yeah um and frankly i don't know why we're talking about this because i don't think it helps <laughs> okay um <laughs> but so maybe not oh, we'll go ahead yeah i mean just i think that your ability to promote yourself is much easier if you can identify the things that are good about you and the things that you've done well if you yourself are constantly criticizing yourself uh that was a lot of yourselves if you're constantly criticizing yourself i think it's going to be hard for you to promote what you've done to others right i mean that could be extra challenging yeah for sure and and we talk so much about imposter syndrome and um kind of overcoming that but identifying your strengths is is just as important as figuring out that you're not an imposter. I think so. Yeah. That that makes a lot of sense and I feel like that's something I've gotten better at the the more I've done software. Um I've I've done enough different things to find the things that I feel like I'm good at and and that helps me because I feel like I can focus on those things more. And I would feel naturally more inclined to tell people, here's the good thing I did because I feel like I'm aware of being better at that. Hmm, interesting. And how, how do you become aware that you have a particular skill or talent or even forgetting about innate talents, what, that you've done something that's particularly congratulation worthy? Uh, some of it is definitely other people saying, whoa, that was, that was noteworthy for some reason. A lot of the times I haven't known. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's happened the other way around too. Like, wow, that was particularly crappy, but, but, uh, <laughs> I thought this was the baseline. <laughs> yeah. I don't mean to paint a rosy picture, but just by doing stuff, sometimes people will say, Hey, that's a, that's a good job. And then I kind of file that away as like, Oh, I do, I do this thing. Well, I communicate well about tricky problems or whatever yeah, it is. And, and apparently this, what I did isn't normal. Like it's above normal, right? Yeah. I, that, this just takes time to assimilate all of these data points and then figure out what is the baseline for 
like normal and above normal. Notice yeah. that I'm not saying average because I think that's a little bit. I'm trying to use more hand wavy words than that. <laughs> yeah, that implies there's numbers somewhere. And yeah, <laughs> not going there. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that there are. Um, so so that's kind of a tangent. It's sort of related, but we've we've talked a lot about identifying things you're good at. So mm-hmm. let's say you feel like you have stuff you've done well, you're proud of, you want other people to know at, about it. How mm-hmm. do you do that? Um, I think the first thing you need to do is overcome the fear that when you tell someone about something that's good, that they might turn around and say, that's not good. You know, like, I yeah. think that's like, <laughs> I have this paranoia in me that I'm going to tell someone, look at this cool thing I did. And they'd be like, I did that when I was like seven. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, you're so far behind. What an imposter. Yeah. I mean, people do that sometimes. It's true. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it's true. Those people are often uh, a little bit clueless about interpersonal interactions. Sure. If, they're, if well, their the, instinct to someone saying an accomplishment is to one-up them, um, yeah. The question is, that's I think what cool. really drives people to a state of nervousness is that they worry people might do that on the inside. So you say, look at this cool thing, and they say, oh, that's great, but... Uh, internally they're thinking, wow, that sucked. (laughs) (laughs) And then you carry that anxiety forever. Yeah. I I think there are a lot of different ways to do this. Um, I'm thinking of a particular coworker I had who was almost 100% technical. Um, he, he was, he was like good with people, but his love is just, the code and architecture and 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 things that come out of that and all the time he would just like think up cool things and be excited to share them with people um so he he was like playing with some cool new technology and built this demo in an hour that was uh that was actually really cool and because he was excited about the technology he was just telling people about it and that helped people realize like oh this person loves uh, like exploring new technology and they love sharing it with other people. And so it didn't feel like conscious self-promotion on their mm. part. It was just them um, excitedly showing stuff off. And and that felt kind of innate, which is not helpful because <laughs> be that person. Yeah, yeah. I think someone else I'm thinking of, they, uh, they put a lot of effort into... Um, kind of documentation and showing off the features that they did. So in pull requests, they would have like videos of the feature yeah. in action or uh, they would like show screenshots of it in different states, like um, to, to help people notice, like, here's what it was before. Here's the thing that I did that made it better. Here's why it's better. And it, it, it didn't feel like they were like kind of pounding their chest, but how awesome they were. It was more like, Check out how cool our product is now because of these of these neat interactions I added. Mm-hmm. But just more, yeah, more effort into telling the story that actually yeah. helps other people learn the product better too. So it had a lot of benefits. But one of them was people knew like, oh, this person does good work because look at look at how well they showed off the work they did. I feel like we talked about this person in a previous episode talking about code reviews. Am I remembering right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't have the number in front of me, but I remember that. And I think I remember thinking it was a really good idea. Yeah. Another thing um, you can do is consult with your manager and ask for tips and tricks because sometimes, depending on your company, uh, organizationally, it might be hard to figure out the right vehicle and the right audience for communicating your 
efforts and self-promoting. Um, for example, I've seen at my current company, there was a manager who sent out a great email that uh, he was basically summarizing a project that I was working on and a few other projects in a single email. And I don't know what his magic touch was, but the words he chose to use to describe our project and the impact that it was going to have, like the, he described the impact very well. You know, like this project's going to do this. It's going to buy us X, Y, and Z benefits. Mm-hmm. And he sent it up to some upper level leaders in the company. And I was like, oh, wow, he did a fantastic job of of promoting what we're doing here and making sure that leadership knows uh, why it's important. So I think sometimes you can team up with your manager and put together these things. And uh, sometimes uh, if your manager is really good, they can promote for you and it actually carries more weight. If someone else is saying, hey, look what Carl did. You know, Carl put together this great feature and here's the benefit and it's coming from your manager. That's that's just gold right there. So I think a, a team effort could be really beneficial. Yeah. Why would you need to self-promote? What's what's the point of it? What are you trying to accomplish? If a tree falls in the woods and no one is around to hear it, does it make a noise? Did it even fall? Schrodinger's tree. <laughs> Until you... <laughs> if a tree falls in a box. <laughs> yeah. I know I'm, I'm getting a little silly, but the, the point is that you know, we work among human beings and they are all silently forming opinions about you in every, every time they see or interact with you. And uh, if people don't know about the things you're doing, then they will form maybe inaccurate opinions about your work. And that can be really de- detrimental to you in terms of your career growth as well as your ability to perform on your team. So I think it's super important to make sure everyone knows what you're doing in addition to just doing great work. Sure. So there's in my head, there's the scummy self-promotion, which is you're trying to convince people that you are something you are not. Mm -hmm. And what you just said sounds more like you're trying to accurately inform people of, of what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. You're trying to make sure that they know the things that you're doing well and, and appreciate them, I guess. I think sometimes we assume that people must know what we're working on. Like I spend so many hours doing this. I'm surely they know what I'm doing. But yeah. people are really self-consumed with their own set of tasks and worries and concerns that it's really hard to keep track of what all the people on your team are doing, not to mention the greater organization. So um, yeah. I think you really do have to go to a little bit of extra effort if you want people to know to know what you're doing. It can be an interesting exercise to ask your manager, hey, what do you think I'm doing? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think I'm good at? And And they may or may not have answers for you. <laughs> it takes, it, let me just tell you, it takes a really good on the ball manager to answer that question accurately for more than like five or six people. It really yeah. does. Yeah. I remember conversations with a manager. He was like, I know you do important things and right, I'm glad right. you're on the team, <laughs> but sometimes I don't really know what you're doing. <laughs> Isn't it weird? Isn't that the weirdest thing? Like, can you imagine other industries where it's like, I mean, let's say you're a construction foreman and it's like, well, I know, I know you're doing good things for our construction project, but I don't really know what you do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's no way, right? I think that sentence ends with, and you're fired (laughs) Right. (laughs) in in most industries. (laughs) Like, yeah, but I'm such a good influence on the bricklayer team. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) "Mm, I don't think so. One, so we haven't talked about like stand up. I mean, there's all kinds of built in structures for communicating status of things. Mm-hmm. And those can be opportunities for self promotion. If you just say, here's what I got done, 
And if, if you can find a way to give enough context about the thing you got done that people understand why it's important without boring them and talking for five mm -hmm. minutes and stand up, which is mm -hmm. that should be punishable by like getting the water cooler dumped over your head. Oh, <laughs> don't do that. But if you can find a way to concisely summarize the impact of the things you're working on that again, that isn't like scummy, I don't know, sleazy self-promotion. You're just trying to tell people what you're doing and why it's important. And, yes. and it can be a good way to do it without having to do a bunch of new things you aren't already doing, I guess. So you're saying build it right into your standup. Yeah. Yep. And, and be yeah, careful here. Because... Like, I, I, I made the widget maker say like why it's important yeah, and, yeah. and how it will help other people kind of. And be careful not to go into like, so then I chose to use this design pattern, but that didn't work yeah. out. So then I yeah. went. Imagine me standing over you with a water cooler jug <laughs> ready to dump it on your head. <laughs> You accidentally did the ice bucket challenge after it ended. <laughs> if I hear one more implementation detail, you're getting this bucket of ice, <laughs> ice water. <laughs> yep. So I, I tried a, a new technique over the last couple of months at work, which is uh, I have started creating mailing lists uh, using our company mailing list infrastructure for notifying people of interesting changes and things to the products that I'm working on. So my, my team owns a few different products, uh, or I guess I could say like, projects maybe and there mm -hmm. are consumers of that you know there are people who are, need to be made aware of changes to it uh there are people who just are curious about it and i subscribe them proactively to these mailing lists and then occasionally we send out an email that represents interesting and noteworthy changes that have gone in and maybe like new big improvements that'll make people happy and, and we send out these emails maybe once a month or once every couple of weeks and um, it's great for sharing visibility because you don't have to worry about remembering the big list of all the people that might be interested in your project. You can just send it to this one email list. Um, you could even imagine having a Slack channel for this too. But see, Slack, I think, tends to get a little more ignored. Yeah. Uh, it's worked out great. So, you know, we're, we're releasing a new feature this week and we sent out an email. It was fantastic. Lots of people received it. They're going to, now they know, like we did this really cool speed up. It's going to make their lives easier. And now they know we did it. And I was, I was sure to mention, you know, who worked on it and all that stuff. So it's a cool, it's a cool technique. Yeah, that is really cool. Well, have we answered the question? Mm, probably not. I'm trying to think. I feel like there's a lot more that you can do. Let, let's yeah. real, real quickly before we move on. Carl says good ways for people that aren't great at self-promotion. Like what is some of the stuff they can do? Um, what, what do you think Jameson makes someone not great at self-promotion? Like what, how do you identify someone who's not great? Hmm. I think focusing on the technical impact is very common and also leads to not being good at self-promotion. Okay. Where, and, and we have to do that as developers. That's kind of our job, but it's the tree falls in the, woods thing where mm -hmm. if, if that's all you're focused on uh you'll you'll miss out on the the second order effects the things caused by the technical impact mm -hmm. yeah definitely like the actual benefit to the person who uses your stuff yeah i mean sometimes people are just shy and they're they're worried about yeah. about yeah. putting themselves out in front of other people yeah absolutely uh, there's there's the common developer like distaste for things they see as marketing yes which is uh i i have learned is is can be harmful <laughs> <laughs> there are there are a lot of reasons i mean some sometimes people get into computers because they don't like people <laughs> sure sure yeah 
So, so to them, probably the idea of needing to self-promote is distasteful and their work should be self-evident from right. The, right. The, yeah. Just, like it my just work stands exists on its and own. that's I, the promotion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that is, that is a huge fallacy in my opinion. What about finding a mentor who can guide you through this and help you know when it's time to self-promote and when it's not? That sounds like a good idea. I've never done it. I, I was thinking while we were talking about this, I don't think I've ever consciously tried to self-promote uh, in in at work. Okay. So I'm giant imposter. Huh. I just am not that shy at work, so it happens just naturally. Happens, yeah, okay. Huh, interesting. I, I think but I'm I, I've never boat. thought down. I've never sat down and thought like, what can I do to inform people of the impact of what I'm working on? Maybe I should. Maybe. Maybe it should be like a regular part of your week, you know, like Friday rolls around and you kind of make a list of the things that you've accomplished and pick one or two items that look good and send out an email. You're like, well, yeah, there's, there's actually, Jameson's weekly email again, self-promoting. I have done that once. Uh, I, I just made a little bot that looked at all my, we used GitHub at this company and it, it just automatically collected all the pull requests that I made that week and uh, sent an email to some people about it. Oh, that was cool. Yeah, that's interesting. The, one of the problems with the regularity that that would impose is that people will get accustomed to it and start ignoring it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Another problem is um, the pull request to like move a button looks the same as the pull, pull request to add this new world shaking feature right it's just another bullet in the list but Mm -hmm. it's something you can do yeah maybe you should manually filter through and just pick out the good ones yeah there's also there's some products that can do that for you too there's i think there's it's called i done this it just sends people an email at the end of the day and it's like a prompt to say what you've accomplished i use that and it collects them all that got i don't know i used that for a couple of months there was like four or five of us that did and uh, mm-hmm. it was definitely interesting to see what other people were working on every day. But man, it just sucked the life out of me after a couple months. <laughs> what really, do you mean? I like I just got so tired of typing in the things that I had finished that day and having other people read it and not really knowing what impact it had or whether they even cared. It, was just, it kinda, just felt like you were sending it off into the void. Yeah, I felt like I had to fill it up, though. You know, it was like it, it's like if I don't put at least four or five items on here, I'm going to look bad. You know? Yeah. We haven't talked about performance reviews and sometimes these more regular automated ways to force you to take, uh, to take stock of your accomplishments. Those can be really helpful for performance reviews where mm-hmm. you need to say like what you did the whole oh, year. Sure. Yeah. And if you just wander into that meeting, <laughs> it can be really hard to think like, what did I do? Like, I can't even remember what I did last ago week. <laughs> that was important. Yeah. Yeah. So some kind of, some kind of list of that you have kept of all the things you've done can be and performance reviews are kind of your opportunity to promote yourself i guess yeah all right let's call it answered and uh all right (laughs) if you feel like it's not answered go back to episode 26 and you can get even more useless crap (laughs) from from me (laughs) remember it's quantity over quality that's right (laughs) okay should i read our next question Yes, please. Okay, this comes from an anonymous listener for obvious reasons. (laughs) Uh, It says, I'm moving to Europe in a year. How much notice should I give my company that I'm leaving? Telling them now feels like the kind of thing to do, but also a bit naive. Have you ever known anyone to give that much notice? And how did it go? (laughs) I'll be quitting in one year. (laughs) Please don't do anything bad to me. Imagine that the company told you you would be fired in one year. What would you do? (laughs) 
I know what I would do. <laughs> what would you do? I'd be like, nope, you mean right now because <laughs> I quit. I'm going to go get a different job. Uh, I have, uh, when you were reading this, it occurred to me to wonder how on earth this person knows that they're moving to Europe in a year. That is a very organized person. With yeah. A, they're really lifing well. <laughs> well, no. I mean, maybe it's a prophecy. Oh. And maybe it will it not It doesn't have true. to necessarily be a plan. It could be maybe they met an old witch and she was like, I see in the frog entrails, you will be <laughs> in Paris in one year. <laughs> I better tell my boss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, no, I better hurry home to the office. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's actually a, a good point that I think you're making subtly, which is, do you really know you're going to be in Europe in one year? A lot can change <laughs> over the course of a year. Yeah, I'm. I I have no idea what my life will be like in one year. I, yeah, I hope certain things will be will be will exist, but I yeah, I don't know. Like Roomba uh, poop smears are probably still going to be in your life in a year. Why? Well, yeah, I, I hope that I have optimized my routine <laughs> to avoid those <laughs> well i'm impressed if you know that ahead of time yeah yeah so i think this all leads up to us saying there's no way i'm telling my boss that i'm going to be leaving in a year that is yeah. just i mean first of all what really is the confidence that you're going to be leaving in a year i don't know maybe maybe your visa is expiring <laughs> and you have to leave yeah. or something and in which case your boss probably already knows because they're sponsoring your visa but yeah, um, or maybe you maybe you're trying to get a visa and it takes a year or something maybe from that, wherever yeah. you're coming from. But so you still have no guarantee. So I mean, I would probably not tell your boss if it was next month. I would say yeah, probably yes. But that's more like turning in your notice than yeah, you know, planning. Yeah, I mean, they ask how much notice should I give my company that I'm leaving. Uh, in the United States, two weeks is traditional. <laughs> so yep. I'm I'm not sure if if you just got a different job, you would probably give two weeks notice. I'm not sure. It, it maybe maybe the fact that you know so far ahead of time makes you feel pressure to tell them ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. But I don't I don't know that that's the case i think you're suffering I mean, from having this burden of wanting to disclose everything and make and put everything on the table but in this case this information is not going to help your company right one year if i were your boss yeah, and you told well, me you were leaving in a year i'd say okay well call me again in seven or eight months when it's more solid yeah i could see you wanting to give the company time to i don't know to to allocate your projects or to rewrite all your code help find a replacement <laughs> yeah or i don't know i i could see that it's also um sometimes nice people will try and be nice to a corporation <laughs> <laughs> and corporations are not humans that have feelings <laughs> right. they they don't need like your sympathy or your your kindness uh, they will gladly take it and feel nothing in return <laughs> except <laughs> some amount of financial benefit, sometimes at your expense. So you don't, yeah, you, you have friends at the company, but the company isn't your friend. That's right. It's not anyone's friend. Yeah, their job is to make money. Mm -hmm. Unless they're a B Corp and then the job is to like do good and also make money. 
Um, if you're an executive, maybe are you like the CTO or the VP of engineering okay, or something? Yeah. Now, now we're talking succession planning, right? Yeah, that that has different wrinkles. But even even if you're just like a very important developer at the company, th- those people leave. I don't know <laughs> if if the company dies because you leave. Uh, you should feel great <laughs> <laughs> because you have carried that company on your back. <laughs> if you believe that the company will die when you leave, you have what we call leverage. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and that is a language that companies speak. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So I knew a, there's a company in California in Santa Barbara called Green Hill Software. I don't know if they're still around, but a friend of mine worked for them about 10 years ago. And they had the most aggressive succession planning process that I've ever heard of at a tech company, which was that if you're going to leave, you they required you to give, it was either two or three months of notice. It was like written in the employment contract. And the reason, what? yeah, it was crazy. The reason they did that, that is- So California is an at-will state. That's super illegal. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. Maybe it was just a- uh, I'm not a lawyer. Just, that f- feels illegal in my gut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is a court of law in some states. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so anyway, so my coworker told me that uh, they required two, maybe three months. And what they would do is they would hire your replacement. And then that replacement would shadow you for that whole time, that time period. And you would ramp them up on your product. And the justification they gave was that their products were really complex and you needed to, the uh, time to transfer knowledge from the previous person. Hmm. Um, I just Googled them and their website still exists. Well, there you I go. see planes on their website. <laughs> they make software for planes. They were in the business of compilers for real time stuff. Yeah. Um, my friend maintained the C compiler, I think. Huh. Or at least the safety and something. security critical systems. Maybe there's some arcane regulation about, about safety critical things Maybe. that Maybe. changes the, I don't know. Anyways, but but my point is that that's the most aggressive I've ever seen, and even that was only two or three months. So yeah. one year feels like way overkill, and um, I think you're opening yourself up to problems if you give that much notice. Uh, for example, if you give one year notice, then anytime there's a question of downsizing or anything, you're going to be number one on the list because you're leaving anyway. It'll be you'll yeah. be an easy target for management. Now, I don't want to give your management credit, but they're going to be thinking about that. Um, yeah. The second thing is, and uh, Jameson and I talked about this a little before the show, is you might just wind up having all the crap work for the next year. Like any cool, new, exciting project, they might say, well, this person's leaving in a year or so. I'm not going to give it to them. Yeah, we don't want to put them on the new Greenfield projects to help design it because, yeah, they'll be gone. I hope you like fetching coffee for people. <laughs> Yeah, so I would build not. A robot to fetch I would stuff. not notify them until much, much longer down the road, maybe two months out. Yeah, and even yeah, two months feels very generous yes. to me. Yes. Although, I have never known that I was going to quit two months before I quit. So yeah. <laughs> maybe if I did know, I would do that. But I've only ever decided to quit and then told people like, "Hey, I guess I'm quitting in two months or two weeks." So. Mm-hmm. Uh you sound more organized than I do. Yeah, yeah. The one-year plan. Yeah. I do. I have no idea where I'm going to be in one year. Yeah. <laughs> I hope to be alive and well. One year ago today, I was living like 
2,000 miles away, <laughs> in, enjoying my summer. Um, and now What's here I am. What's the date? August. Yeah, one year ago today, I had barely, well, not barely. I had recently quit my job and started contracting. Oh, full-time. there you go. One year. That's a big change. Yep. Yeah. I'll tell you what will never change, though, and that's this podcast. I, we yeah, will, we had we started will, it over a year ago. We will drive this thing into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of driving things into the ground, have we answered the question? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good luck. Get back to us in a year. Tell us how it went. Uh-huh. Tell, tell us how Europe is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we were talking before the show. It feels like the volume of new questions has has lessened lately mm-hmm. which is good because it means we've answered all of them that's right there's nothing left to ask but bad because it means we'll just spend the whole show talking about stuff on our desk instead of the first <laughs> couple minutes <laughs> so if you have a question even if you feel like it's similar to stuff that we've already talked about please send it in we would love to hear from you uh, we love answering your questions and Dave, can you tell them how they can do that? Go to our website at softskills.audio and click the Ask a Question button at the top of the page there. That'll take you to a nice little Google form where you can be as anonymous or as revealing as you desire. Revealing sounds weird. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was maybe not the right. <laughs> well, uh, as, yeah. as, as open. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I don't know. What's Give the opposite? Much detail. What's the opposite of anonymous? Anonymous. Okay. We've talked about this before yeah, on the I show. Yeah, I feel like we have. No, you can be as anonymous or give us as much detail as you would like. Thank you. That was a much less creepy way of saying that. <laughs> You're welcome. Maybe I can be your interpreter to humanity. And then maybe my public relations manager after I screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What Dave really meant instead of the horrible thing he said <laughs> was this nice thing. Yeah. So please do that. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we love answering your questions. We want to answer more. Yes, we do. Thank you. All right. We'll catch you next week. <laughs>